cliffcentral.com Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com Welcome to Future CEOs and it's so good to be with you this afternoon and Cluby, we've got someone special in studio today which is a, li- a little bit different to who we might usually have on the show not uh, not the journey necessarily but certainly geography Definitely, it's a treat It is a treat, you just give a little bit of background and I think you must start off with the the, the line that we read uh, re- on CNN I think it was um, That uh, Richard Branson supports this business. Richard Branson supports which is, this business. That was the business. key and the niche and the hook, trust us. <laughs> and you know what I love? It's about education and that's what we're all about. It's yeah. about Africa and that's what we're all about. And it's about commencing and starting people's journey, especially entrepreneurial journey. And what better way to do it by using uh, a gift, which is a talent or a skill, using ambassadors and using a great mentor such as Richard Branson to help explode this vision and make it impactful for us Africans. So bravo, bravo. Bravo. Yes, Happy bra- to have him in the studio. Bravo, Will. And so just before we, we go over to, to Will and introduce him, and then Nola's here as well. Um, and maybe, yeah, you know, you know <laughs> What's Nola up, well. Nola? Um, remember, guys, if you can say yes to the question, do you want to be a CEO? Are you a future CEO? Well, then this is a show for you. What do we do here? We help you to fast track your career to also expedite the growth of your business. Uh, it's really all about growth. Luby, you said it, education. So let's get straight into that. Luby, over to you. you. You want to do some introducing? I think, Nola, let's start with you. You have been in our presence a couple of times. Just explain to the Future CEO community who you are, what you stand for, and why you're here, and why do you bring this pot of gold into studio? And just just correct, Luby, there. We've been in your presence. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 yes. Yeah, well, so... I'm Nolo Mokwene and I'm an entrepreneur and fundamentally youth activist and so Primarily, my role is I actually advocate for the youth force in intergovernmental organizations. So we know this. The AU, the UN, and BRICS. We just came back from India now to make sure that the policy formation is inclusive of young people. Wow. And so that's something I do. And I'm an entrepreneur yep, as well. So um, Storage Wars, shout out, which yeah. is one great <laughs> business we do for university students. We do uh, short-term storage over December because we found that those who, who actually live far and their families don't have backies, et cetera, they struggle with that. So that's something that, that's real basic we do. And then we're about to launch Grind Africa, which is really exciting, which is a youth platform, which is multifaceted. It'll have radio, TV, and uh, an online platform as well. Basically, it's the Daily Maverick for stunning, African youth. By stunning, stunning, stunning. That's really exciting for us. How, how much should that uh, punt cost? Nola, <laughs> 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 just quickly brag. Tell everyone that what came out yesterday, even though it was a year ago that you did it. Oh, yeah, it was my TED Talk. Finally came out. Wow. TED Talk. Wow. After, yeah, oh, after, yeah, yeah, but uh, yes, it's been really exciting. It's been a very what, what was the topic of conversation? So, I was talking about the intersectionality of injustice, and basically, that you know, we are the ones who actually have the privilege, and so therefore, we are the ones who have the power to change. And what so. does intersectionality mean? I've, I've heard that word, sure. What sure. does that mean? So, simply put, um, speaking about hunger or poverty, it's not just about one thing, it's all feeding into each other. So, for me, if I talk about hunger, it's not about necessarily poor people only. We can talk about gender in the same breath, we can talk race, about race, location, geography. Yeah. So, basically, the question is not do black people feel equal to white Love people? Love that, yeah. Because that's why they fought. The question is, do white people feel equal? And the same can be said about men. You know, the question is not do women feel equal to us. It's do we feel equal to them? And I think once you start to think about life that way, you start to perceive problems differently. And you start to look at your role and how you can impact the world much better. So that was the talk a year ago. 
and it's been a it's been a beautiful journey ever since. Yeah, no, we retweeted it. So if any of the listeners want to want to listen or rather go and watch, yeah, um, there we go. I'm proud just, of you. Just, yeah, go, go to our Twitter feed. Everything, so yeah. I know. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, talking about intersection, I mean, there's an intersection here that is happening, and it's uh, it's boundaryless. It almost seems, and it, it, I mean, we're coming together around this idea of social entrepreneurship. Will, it's William, but I'm going to call you Will. Will's good. Great, great. Welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Just introduce yourself. Um, give us that 30 second pitch on you, and then also <laughs> the, then the the pitch on your business as well, please. Awesome. Yeah. So my name's William Adwesi. Um, yeah, born and bred in London. My full name is actually William Yalb Watting Adwesi the first. Um, the first, <laughs> I like that. Royalty. <laughs> I always like to throw that in. Um, and yeah, I'm born and bred in South London, actually, um, of Ghanaian descent. So both of my parents are from Ghana and West Africa. Mm. Um, and I'm the founder of a watch brand called Vitae London. Um, so Vitae being Latin for life. And mm. our mantra is to be the fashion brand changing lives. So with each watch we sell, we help support child-free education um, right now in South Africa. So yeah, that's what we do. Why did you choose... Okay, within Africa, why don't you go to your own hometown? Why don't you go to Ghana? Why South Africa? Great question. I get that. I get that a lot, really. Um, the reason being is that we, my wife went on a mission trip five years ago, and she actually came out to South Africa to a place called Port Elizabeth, which is which is often forgotten about. Um, and the charity we support that we're passionate about, their vision is to start at the bottom of South Africa. So at the bottom of Africa in general, so Port Elizabeth, Cape Town, and work their way up through the whole of Africa. So we want to support them in doing that. So, yeah, we're starting in South Africa, um, but they want to work their way through the whole of Africa. And also, I don't really see the divides the way other people see divides. When I go to a village in Port Elizabeth and I see... um, and I see the poverty levels. I don't turn around and say, oh, it's different from those in Ghana. It's we're all one people. That's how I see it. And if I can impact their lives, then why not? Mm, and Eastern Cape nice. is Eastern Cape, as you know so yeah, well. Yeah, no, no, very, very nice. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for no being worries. here on the show. I do want to start off with a bit of a challenging question, if I may, if that's all right. Yeah. So some people might look at your story and say, well, look, actually, this guy just wants to sell watches and he's using a little bit of emotional manipulation, yep. a social cause to counter. It. What do you what do you say to those kinds of people? Um, I think you only have to look at my story and look at me as a person to see the validity in what we're doing. Okay. Um, a lot of people will try and capitalize on the movement to to generate income and generate sales. Um, but I've I've worked in the city before. Mm-hmm. I know how to manipulate marketing. I know how to make money without having to add a course to it. Mm-hmm. Like I've earned very good money doing what I did before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw for me personally. I couldn't live on without doing something for for the greater good of mm. mankind, mm, um, and that's the reason why I started VT London. And my dad was my dad was born in a village in Ghana. He had to beg people for the basics in order to get to school, um, and through that, my life has changed mm. drastically. Imagine if. I was born in that village in Ghana. I wouldn't be the same person I am today. Mm. And I can just see that we can break poverty cycles with the beauty of education. And I, I want to give that to more people. Richard Branson always does say that if you want to have your brand be successful, tell a story that attaches to it because mm. people remember that motivation. It's not about the product or the service. It's about how you came through yeah. to create such a movement of change, you know, yeah. which is very, very cool. What do you think about that, Nono? Yeah, like I think the most important thing is actually about narratives and so many, mm. like my personal motto is actually rewriting the African narrative and I think narrative is important because I think that's one thing that everyone has and mm. I think if you realize how important your narrative is I think you sort of get the tools and 
and you get what you need for your journey. And I think that's very important. So I think even brands need to sort of have that approach. Well, uh, more than more than just that, everyone has having a narrative. We also that the touch points are in the narrative. Yeah. And so as we move through life, we we sit together, and there's more than just uh, uh, four of us here in studio, guys. You want to uh, just make a little bit a of shout noise, out, a yeah. shout out, a shout out. Oh, there we go. And but we, <laughs> I was waiting for you. Yeah, I was waiting for you. So, but but we're all sitting here together, and we're all different, but we're all the same in in so many different ways. Yeah. And I think that that um, goes to the heart of the social entrepreneurial thing as well. Uh, why do people respond to it? Well, because somewhere in our history, there's something there mm. that just we, we can't help but but do that. Um, I guess I would hate for um, you to ever be confused with someone that might be trying to manipulate. Mm. How do you, uh, just from a branding perspective, let's talk about that for a moment. How do you ensure that there's this differentiation? You've just got to be genuine and real. Mm. Um, I think people can see genuine people. You can tell the, the fakes from the real. So I'm just continuing to do what I do with passion. Um, I've been out to South Africa three times in the past nine months. I go out to see the children we're impacting, mm. and it's wow. more—it's more than just trying to generate some sales and generate money because you don't need—you don't really need that to generate money. Mm. And we would be probably a lot more profitable if we weren't giving so much money away. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's just about being yourself, being real, and being vulnerable. Like, I at first I didn't want to tell everyone in my neighbourhood that my dad grew up in a village where. My dad was actually the first in my family's generation to learn to read and write. Um, so that's not something I, I'd want to brag about, I'd want to boast about. Why? But it's, well, it's, it's not something you'd be proud about in the area that I grew up in. Okay. Where there's been generations of everyone being able to read and write mm. and people have been able to get themselves up to a certain standard, a certain level. Um, but my dad to be the first one in our family to do that is quite, it's quite remarkable in a sense and it's not something I would boast about but it's just about being genuine and being able to share that story now and the beauty of that turnaround so breaking that poverty cycle of education and me wanted to give that as a gift to other children of Africa mm. It's so amazing Gareth that um, time and time again the stories that we hear of entrepreneurs is that they, they couldn't continue the life they were living, mm. you know you had a job, you were successful, you mm. were consistent in paying your bills, mm. you know you were secure but that wasn't enough for you mm. and I think that really what makes a social entrepreneur is that the need to have that cycle of alleviating poverty, alleviating cycles of destruction and trying to make something better out of a world that is not necessarily fair. You know, so that's a really cool thing. Well, let's go to then your values, your character, where, yeah. de- where it developed. Nola, by the way, you must jump in. You're an interviewer just like, yeah, just like yeah. us. So it's you true. must ask yeah. some questions, get involved here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but um, let's talk about your, your character development because that cool. is so important. You speak about being authentic, yeah. but you're authentic to what? You're authentic to some values. How did, how did that develop? Where did it develop? What was uh, an experience that stands out for you which, which really epitomizes who you have become? Cool. Um, I'd say my my foundation comes from my belief system. Okay. Um, so I'm a Christian. I've gr- grown up in the church my whole life. And I, I guess the key thing and the key character trait that has been driven into me is integrity. Mm. So I, w- I went through a phase when I was a teenager and I was living a bit of a double life. Um, and I'd be one way in the church and then out of the church, I'd be a totally different person. All right. Um, and at that point, when I was around 17, I, that, I actually got exposed for being a fake outside church. All right, um, that's interesting. And I'd say that was probably the turning point in my life. And it, it shown me and highlighted the fact that we just have to be integral in everything that we do. And we have to be honest in everything that we do because the truth will always come to light. 
Um, so that's what that's why I hinge my life on. I think character is more important than anything else. It's more important than charisma because like charisma can take you somewhere but only character can truly actually keep you there mm. so there's no point in me starting this amazing business having mm. a bad character and then I can't sustain the business mm. so that's why it's fundamental for me to always be developing my character and ensuring mm. that to me a priority is integrity no, the, I, I'm interested in your comment here because we're living in a world of Insta and we, were, we <laughs> over lunch we were talking Insta, right? Yeah. And it's Insta everything. But really what, what that does to us is we, we see snapshots of people's lives and some, uh, some I don't know if that's the right word, a large majority of it is it's just that. It's a snapshot. Yeah, it's someone moment. test driving a Ferrari. It's not their Ferrari. It's a moment. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and. And we become insecure within ourselves. There's, there seems to be an entire mm. generation that are – uh, foundationless, perhaps even characterless, as a result of this Insta thing. Yeah. How do you respond to the, this this concern that is Instagram? Yeah, so I don't think it's just Instagram. I think it's just generally like mm. how things have happened. I think first of all, one of the greatest things that happened to us was was the tech bubble. It was also one of the worst things because mm. now the assumption is that if I build a business and it takes four years to be profitable, that I'm not building a fantastic business. Whereas mm. before that, people were willing to work 40, 45, 50 years to build yep. a fantastic business. Mm. And now when you've had your Microsofts and your Facebooks, et cetera, people think that if I, if I don't create something that can gain that much traction overnight, then I'm failing as If it's not on social media, it didn't exactly. happen. Yeah. So it's like – and so for me, it's like my social media, I try and do it um, – you know, it's very motivational, very snapshots. In fact, most of my personal moments I don't share on social mm. media because I think as well, like you can get lost and people think social media is success. It's not. Mm. In the end, like how many volumes of what you're doing are you moving and do you actually have a business and mm. is it actually profitable and is it actually sustainable? And I think if you get back to the old school things, and I love that because most of my friends are like 40, 45, like my business mentors, mm. and they're just basic. They're not even on social media and these mm. guys are some of the wealthiest people in Absolutely. the country. Absolutely. Because they get back to the basics they're like do you have a business what's the bottom line are you actually moving stuff and i think that's the most important thing so i think for a lot of young people use social media as a platform i think to engage people with the narrative most importantly but in the end the product value is what's really going to matter and i think especially for people who see themselves as thought leaders etc being able to speak is one thing having the proper content is another and i think mm. for me as a speaker that's nice. something that i always pride myself in is to make sure that what i'm bringing to the table is something unique and it's something that's actually i've worked Worked hard at because nice. everyone's a speaker these days, etc. And like, it's, it's just a matter of making sure you're getting back to the old school and getting back to the basics. Libby, you've got you've got uh, I mean, a couple of hundred thousand followers. Nothing close to like the big bird numbers. Yeah, yeah, but but you've felt the pull. I mean, yeah. uh, just speak to but our it just gets a bit, It really does get a bit uh, drowning, and you lose yourself, as yeah. Nolo said. But at the same time, we cannot deny the advantages that social yeah. media yeah. has yeah. on business, yeah. especially London-based mm. Vitai. Yep. Um, coming to Africa, that we all know about it, we're all retweeting it. I mean, that is great for your business. Yeah, yeah, and I also know that you use Emily Sunday as a, uh, as ambassadors, and that's global traction. Yeah. Tell us more about that, Will. Yeah, I'm. I think there's so much power with social Correct. media. Correct. Um, and with with much power, obviously, there's much danger. Um, but the beauty of social media is the fact that I can reach the world now with a tweet. I know. Like, 
50 years ago, I know. A, a young black boy from South London could not start a watch brand. But now I can instantly reach the world and partner with people who have a heart for Africa and who have a heart for what we do to then spread the word. People like Emily Sande who, and Richard Wonderful Branson. woman. Yeah, she's yeah, great. Yeah, she's we're, cool. We've yeah. all kind of chipped in and spoken about us. And that's what's caused us to grow at the rate we've grown. So we've only been going for 11 months, but we've sold in 24 countries, um, impacted hundreds of children's lives. So, yeah, it's great. Yes. It's super cool, man, that you know real celebrities, you know. Just that, <laughs> real, I just got to say, you know, <laughs> shout out. I'm just trying to get on William's Instagram. You know. Just it. forget everything I said. Forget everything I said. Let's, let's talk challenges for a moment. Yeah. What's awesome. the biggest, biggest challenge that you have faced at, at this point? Tell us a story. Biggest challenge in life or in business? In business. In, 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 business, in, this, in this 11-month journey that you've, that you've got. I guess the biggest challenge is... The watch industry is massive. There's so many different players within the industry and it's mark it's marking your unique territory within that and also being able to get as much coverage as possible and bring in as ma- many sales as possible. For me, I was earning like really good money working in the city. So the biggest challenge was transitioning from that mm. good stable income yeah. into hey for the next few months exactly I'm not, I'm not we don't know we know we, we know. don't know what's going to happen but story I, of our lives it's just awesome to be fueled by purpose as opposed to money for a seat especially for that season and sometimes and sorry well uncertainty is good. such a powerful tool you know, especially for the entrepreneur you, you know we're like oh my god where the hell am yeah. i gonna yeah. survive today you know yeah. and we make it yeah. every it's day true. yeah it's true. Um, like, what else yeah. do I want to ask? I wanted to ask something that was really, really cool. Tell us a bit more about Emily Sunday. So, you, she, she loved what she did, and yeah. I, I know she's very yeah. philanthropic, yeah. and I know she loves Africa, and yeah. I know she loves education. Yeah. So, tell us that relationship and other partners you yeah. have that are pushing your vision. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just been awesome the people we've been able to get on board in such a short amount of time. With Emily Sunday, it was totally random. So, it's my. My cousin's friend is dating Emily Sande's sister. <laughs> so I managed to maneuver to be at my cousin's friend's sister's, Emily Sande's sister's house. At the same time, Emily would be there. So we orchestrated that. And then I just met, met her at the house and we just chatted, hit it off. And like people like that, no other brand, unless you're a massive brand, but really most brands mm. can approach them with money. Money doesn't mm. really excite mm. them. So most of those people, you can't tap into them if, if you're like operating any other way. So just sitting down with her and sharing my heart. Um, she was just really keen to, to tell the world about us. And she's got over a million followers on Twitter. So for her to, to tell, people about Vitae London it's just amazing yeah it's cool and then of course we step in with the Richard Branson name the big R yeah uh, tell us a little bit about that yeah it's cool so with Richard Branson um, it, it went through a bit of a process so within London there's something there's a bit of an incubator called Virgin Startup yeah. which you can get some money from so over 10,000 people applied to, to get to get some money from that 1,000 people were selected, so I was fortunately selected for that. Then from the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then from the 1,000, they chose 12 of the businesses to be um, ambassadors for entrepreneurship in the UK. Um, and fortunately, I was chosen for that as well. So 
Um, yeah, very nice. Yeah, really cool. So through that, um, I got to go to Richard Branson's house, wow. um, share the vision with him a bit more, and he's then told people about it and spread the word. So it's been just a really amazing journey. So there may be some people that are listening and saying, well, the only reason you're doing so well is because of the big names. Yeah. But that's not. That's really not what it is. You've spoken about it already, this idea of purpose mm. really driving you. I mean, just speak to, again, our future CEOs community out yeah. there who are listening and saying, well, I'm, I'm powerless. I sit in a, I mean, for want of a better phrase, a shack. Yeah. Out in the middle of a township somewhere, yep. I'm hearing this, I feel motivated, but I don't actually know how to take the next step. Yeah. What, what do you say to that person? The beauty, I would say, is that purpose attracts. So them thinking that these amazing people have backed it and that's what's caused our success, I would say, no, the purpose caused our success and that attracted them. So I would always say anyone who's in a rut, like my dad was in the exact same, maybe even worse position than a lot of these people. Mm. Um, and now my dad's like a senior pastor of a church, has seven branches um, worldwide because he had the mindset that he could do beyond what he could see. Um, so I would just say reach beyond your horizons, reach beyond what you can see now. And if you've got that purpose, it would attract everything else that you are looking for. And that's what I'd say to anyone. And it has to be authentic. It yeah, really has to be authentic. No doubt. Nola, I mean, you, I, th- I think if, you, if we're pulling back a little bit closer to home, uh, I, I like what you've said, Well, but let's pull it into a tangible next step. What does that person do when he wakes up tomorrow morning and he says, I, I want to connect with my purpose or maybe I have connected with my purpose. What do I actually do now? What do I do? Oh, Gav, that's a tough question. What do, what do you think? But no, well, you, you're very yeah, smart, sure, so you're going to come up to listen to this listen to this Okay, now you've, yeah. de- now you've delayed enough. I, know, I, know. So, I would actually say, like, really the first step with anything I'd say is research. And I mean, like, sometimes that's a daunting word, mm. and we grow up hearing the word research. And I think it's just as simple as going on to Google. No, just Google, yeah. Go to Google and type whatever it is you want to do, and you'll be absolutely amazed about what really comes out and I mean Mm. for me even going into logistics it wasn't something we planned I mean I studied agricultural economics but to sort of just come to a place where I said man people need stuff moved how does this thing work how do trucks work how do you price etc you hit up Google and you'll be amazed what can Mm. sort of happen and I think that's something that's accessible across the board to a lot of South Africans and I don't want to deny the reality that a lot of people actually don't have that person to go to the social capital to know what to ask when so I think that Google is a great starting point but other than that I think there are a lot of great organizations, especially grassroots, who really help out people. So go to a community center and uh, make sure you're asking people, how do I get help there? Because sometimes it's region specific. And I know that a lot of people will will definitely reach out and help. Those are practical steps that that I can talk about. And it's fantastic. And I I think I just can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was on the show or if it was just a conversation that we were having somewhere. But um, they said, I've got some of the best mentors in the world. And I said, oh, really? And then he starts name-dropping. I'm thinking, yes, this, this is quite impressive. But he's talking about the, the books that he's reading. He's yeah, reading autobiographies. Yeah, he's, he's studying their life. That's and and it's, it's not – you don't have to rub shoulders with people to be able to learn from them and to, to really get into their, mm-hmm. into their headspace. Skills or connections when it comes to business? Oh, are you saying which one is, is better? For, for you, it can be both or one or the other. Connections. And why? Connections all day, every day. Really? Like, um, I think the best, the best CEOs, the best leaders are not always the most skilled. No. They're rarely the most skilled. Yeah. They they know how to connect and bring on board people that are more skilled than them in niche areas who are then so excellent in that that it propels their business. Um, so I would say connections over skill any day because. No, no. Yeah. yeah. 
I definitely agree. I actually think the point of a network is to make sure that you have people who are accessible, who have skills you don't. Yeah. Love it. That's the whole point. And I mean, I always say, if you want to be the best in an industry, start hanging out with the best people in that industry. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the sure way to make sure that you're elevating your game because you need to see what, what, what it takes to actually succeed, mm-hmm. not just be in the game. So for me, I definitely, definitely agree with Well, I think the point of a network is to make sure that you have people who you couldn't afford or anything mm-hmm. accessible with those niche skills. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it takes. So actually what I hear you guys saying is that the one skill you must learn is how to network. 100%. So what is the networking skill? So if go, go into that space very quickly. What um, stands out if you are in a networking situation? Um, if I'm going to be completely honest, I would say you need that foundation of credibility. Mm. So you need you need things that you've maybe achieved in the past or you're working on that will give you that foundation of credibility mm. so that those are kind of your selling points. Mm. So now when you are speaking to someone and trying to network, I would say networking is always, you always want to make it both ways. Mm. Because now once you go in there with that, those standpoints of credibility, they're actually keen on wanting to speak to you because they can see how they can be helped as well. Mm. Like even someone as big as Richard Branson, yeah. The beauty of him working with someone who's unknown like myself is the fact that he's showing he's potentially showing the black community in London that he cares for them and mm. that he wants to reach their their community as well, which could increase his sales with Virgin mm. um, Airlines or, or anything like that. So there's always a give there's, and take. Al- there's always a give and take, Love that. and it's just about finding out what your what your give is, so that when you are speaking to people, it's both ways. Yeah, like I definitely agree. I think I don't even believe in networking. I just believe in making friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, like for me, <laughs> when I go and meet someone, I'm I'm not meeting you as, you know, hey Gareth, you do this, I do that. Mm. It's more about like let's just connect these people. That's and great. I think for me, that's really set me apart, and I think it it continues to just add immense value in my life. So I go out to friendships, and as a friend. I'll do more for you than mm. if I knew you as a part of a network. And I think that's the most important thing is that what we do for friends is often more than what we do for associates. No, no, that's great. That, that's, that's so I go point. in with that mentality. And I mean, like all the people I've got to know, I'll go in as a friend. And if you're a friend, I want to help you. So if something happens in my life that I think relates to you, I'll let you know because that's what friends do. Mm. And in the end, that's how you build a great network around mm. you. But you look back and it's not even professional. It's just incredible yeah. people you surround yeah, by who invested, yeah, who invested in it's your that, life. It's that connection versa. of purpose. It's yeah. that, that intersection that we were, oh, were referring to earlier, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, very absolutely. nice. Phoebe, we're running out of time here. My favorite question, Will, what would you say to a 17-year-old you about your future and about where you're at now? 17-year-old. Um, I'll just tell him everything you're doing has a purpose and even the negatives that you're going through now, it's shaping you for the person you're going to be. Love so I wouldn't even tell him to change course or change who he is or what he's about to do next. I would even allow him to make the mistakes he's going to make because even in the mistakes, it's going to shape Shape me or him or whatever. It's to be the best version of, of me. Love so that's it. what I'd say. Nolo? Yeah, for me, I'd say, you know, 17 year old Nolo, just really trust your story, man. I think mm. it's, you know, that's what's going to set you apart. In the end, there'll be people with various talents and around mm. you, far in front of you, behind mm. you. But 
just trust your journey and you're not that crazy. Just a bit, just a bit. Everyone has I'm, to be a little crazy. Yes. If I'm real, if I'm real, that's the real I advice. See it in your eyes, that's the real advice. I see it in your eyes. Homeboy, you know you're not you're not that crazy because I everyone knows I was wilding out. Wilding out. I'm sorry, mom. Yeah, we're sorry. Flubi, Flubi, Flubi. What do you think of this conversation? Um, we're very privileged to have somebody who's come so far to make. A difference in my hometown. And, 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 and I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. Come so far in many different ways. In many, ways. correct. Yeah. Love that. And I'm from PE. I'm from Utenek. It's called the oh, Dinacha wow. in our language. And it literally is the poorest mm. of the poor. And um, as much as an educator and a scholar, I believe I am, it's always great to find inspiration and motivation from people mm. like you. So thank you for spending such a beautiful half an hour with us. Yeah. And I know our future CEOs community has been changed to do something of purpose in their lives. So thank awesome. you so much for that. And Nolo, you're my boy. I'll see you next week. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Gareth. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Libby, thank you very, very much. Uh, and guys, uh, whoa, what, a, what a great conversation. What a great conversation. And we will see you same time, same place uh, next week. Um, see you then. Bye. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com cliffcentral.com